Hello, and welcome to Start By Listening, the podcast about sexual harm. We are centered on educating and empowering our Western Kentucky communities. Our goal is to transform the way we talk about sexual harm. Transformation begins by listening to understand. We talk so you can listen today and change the world tomorrow. Hello, it's Terry Crow, Advocacy Coordinator with New Beginnings. I want to offer you a warm welcome back to Start By Listening. In today's episode, I'll be talking to you about a very brief history of the rape crisis movement in the United States. Sound boring? Well, it's really not. Social movements are filled with drama, strife, and conflict, and the rape crisis movement is no different. I wish it were not this way, but the pain and struggle of many unfortunately becomes the price of progress. As I share just a sliver of this long and rich history with you, I hope to convey a sense of honor, respect, and gratitude to those who came before because they deeply deserve it. If you'd like to find out more about this history, check out the California Coalition Against Sexual Assault and the Washington Coalition of Sexual Assault Programs. All the content and much of the wording in this episode comes directly from their resources. Before we begin, though, I have a trivia question for you. Who was the first person to connect the issues of black oppression with women's oppression? I'll tell you at the end of this episode. The history of the anti-sexual assault movement in the United States is complex. The movement's long and rich history intersects with the women's and civil rights movements. That history reaches out from the past and touches everything sexual assault advocates do today. Knowing about the history of this work is vital to paving the way for the future. So, let's begin. Once upon a time, there was an enormous land in the New World. A group of people who had taken over the land decided they wanted to split from their mother country once and for all. And so, in short, the United States of America was born 244 years ago. Although the United States revolted against England and established itself as its own independent country, it still used English common law as a model for its new laws. English common law most clearly influenced laws about sexual assault in the United States. This allowed sexual assault to be considered in two ways. First, sexual assault could be considered a crime against a person and therefore a civil lawsuit could be brought against someone and the offender could be sued. Second, sexual assault could be considered a crime against the state and the government could bring an offender to a criminal trial. These two options were in stark contrast to much earlier written laws in different cultures that defined rape as a property crime. Historically, men were considered to be the heads of households and women could be considered property. Therefore, a rape against a woman was a crime committed against the property of a man. 
in this United States, sexual assault became a crime against a person, and the first wave of reform had started. However, although recognizing the humanity of the sexual violence victim was progress, the history of the sexual violence movement in the United States is long and messy and complicated and far too complicated to address in in one podcast. Racism and sexism are intertwined and inextricably embedded in the DNA of the United States. All people, all women, all black and brown people weren't necessarily treated fairly under the law. Rape as a tool of oppression throughout the settling of this land and the founding and development of this country was not rare. For the purposes of this short podcast episode, suffice it to say that although the shift from property crime to person crime was a leap in the right direction, things didn't instantly become fair and equitable at all times for everyone. For example, the Civil War, Reconstruction, and the Jim Crow era created their very own kinds of race-based sexual violence. And it created a kind of complex PTSD for people of color and this country as a whole. But speaking of leaps, let's leap forward in time. Let's leave colonial America and English common law behind and jump all the way up to about the middle of the 20th century. That's when the second wave of the rape crisis movement really gained momentum. The civil rights movement had taken hold and other groups noticed the possibility of pushing back on harmful norms. This was the era of Rosa Parks on the bus, Betty Friedan's bestseller, The Feminine Mystique. Activist Fannie Lou Hammer and numerous others shaking up the racial and gender status quo. The grassroots organizers of the first rape crisis centers were impacted and influenced by this era, and they recognized the need to attend to the problems of rape victim survivors. Power structures and institutionalized traditions were being challenged and reorganized as women found and claimed their rights to voice and choice in so many new ways. By the disco era of the 1970s, survivors of sexual harm began to organize more formal ways of providing services to those impacted by sex crimes. Rape crisis centers in cities and towns started as grassroots movements. The first march was organized in San Francisco in 1978 with 5,000 women and from 30 states publicly declaring the importance of this issue. By the 1980s, anti-rape education had made its way onto college campuses, but funding for more organized rape crisis centers had begun to decrease. So by this time, the 21st century, there are strong state coalitions of sexual assault programs, national sexual assault conferences, an expanded focus on victim survivors to include all genders, all sexualities, and standalone sexual assault centers such as New Beginnings carry the torch on toward the future. 
what will the future hold for the United States anti-sexual assault movement, rape crisis centers, and future victim survivors? Will there be a happily ever after? Well, it's hard to predict the future, and I don't have a crystal ball, but I do know that the future depends on me, and it depends on you too. And now for the answer to our question. Who was the first person to connect black oppression and women's oppression? The answer is Sojourner Truth. Sojourner was a self-freed slave who delivered the famous Ain't I a Woman speech at the 1851 Women's Rights Conference. She was challenging the lack of concern with black issues by the white women present at the conference. And little did she know, doing her part to advance a little bit of the rape crisis movement. Well, we've come to the end of this episode. Thank you for listening. Now go out and change the world. See you next time. Well, we made it to the end of our episode. We want to thank you for listening. We also want to thank VOCA for funding our podcast. VOCA stands for Victims of Crime Act. This project was supported by grant number VOCA 2020, Green River 00026, awarded through the Kentucky Justice and Public Safety Cabinet by the United States Department of Justice. The opinions, findings, conclusions, and recommendations expressed in this publication, program, exhibition are those of the authors and do not necessarily reflect the views of the Kentucky Justice and Public Safety Cabinet or the U.S. Department of Justice. We also want to give a big shout out and a thank you to Seth Hedges of Uriah Wild Media. He is the amazing individual who created the beautiful music for our podcast. We thank you so much, Seth. I'm going to encourage you to go check out his stuff. He's pretty talented and awesome. You can find him at www.uriahwild.com. That's www.uriahwild.com. And finally, we want to give a really special shout out to Rodney Newton for being our amazing technical advisor. He has spent several Saturdays and days throughout the week to help us get this podcast up and going. Rodney, you are our captain. And finally, we hope that you'll take something you heard today and change the world tomorrow. Join us next time on Start By Listening. And as always, please remember that New Beginnings is here for you to listen or help 24 hours a day. Just give us a call, 1-800-226-7273.